0: Okay, hi there. Welcome to and I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, horsing around with horsepower, which is apparently the name that we're going with for our podcast. Well, my name is Jishnu, and I'm here with my friends Hanno and Max, who I'll be hosting the show alongside. But well, why don't we start by introducing a little bit about ourselves? Hanno, do you wanna get the start?
1: Oh, uh, sure thing, man. Uh, I mean, as you've already said, my name is Hanno, and uh, I think it's quite an honor and privilege to be here, uh, hosting this podcast alongside both Jishnu and Max. Uh, I mean, it'll only be fitting for myself to introduce how I got into Formula 1, since that's what this podcast is about. I really got into Formula 1 in 2018-2019, when Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris joined McLaren, who I have been supporting for some time now, since Lewis Hamilton was in McLaren back in 2008. Because, uh, you know, that was the first year when uh, they came to Singapore, and that's when I began watching it. Out of sheer interest the noises they created you know the engines were pretty uh, well they were loud but they were also very nice to hear for a bit so that's when I first got into F1 and then I started watching it again in 2018 2019 I think it's quite apparent that I'm a supporter of McLaren himself and my favorite driver I would say is Lando Norris uh, yeah other than that uh, excited to see how I mean I'm pretty happy to see how they're doing this season and excited to see how things go
0: Okay, Max, do you want to tell us about yourself and uh, who you support and how you started watching F1?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I actually started watching F1 back when I was just a young boy. Uh, I remember the first race that I watched was actually the 2008 mm. uh, Singapore night race. I started watching it because I found out that it was actually the first ever night race out of the mm. entire F1 calendar. So I found it really, really interesting. You know, at that point of time, I wasn't really a die-hard fan per se. I wasn't really interested in the team strategies and the drivers, all that kind of stuff. It was only in 2016, a few years ago actually, that you know I started to gain more interest in the sport itself. And that was when, I think, Max Verstappen uh, did the switch from Toro Rosso to Red Bull Racing. So I guess that's where it really started because there was a driver with the same name as me who was competing in Formula 1 and <laughs> yeah. I actually really <laughs> love Red Bull since the start You know, uh, especially during Sebastian Vettel's prime when he was world champion consecutively and bought, brought uh, Red, Bull oh, Red Bull to fame essentially another driver that I really admire and I really love is actually uh, an ex-teammate of Verstappen uh, Daniel Ricciardo uh, you know, there are two reasons why I actually love sure. him so much Firstly, he's such a good driver, a really solid one. He's known as the king of late braking, if you see those clips. Uh, Secondly, his personality both on and off the track is just amazing. You know, you can always spot a smile on his face and he's such a fun and loving person. It's impossible for someone to not like him at all.
0: All Alright, well, alongside Max, I also have uh, two of my other good friends joining us today as special guests. They are Abhishek and Redvek. Uh, Abhishek, when you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well,
3: uh, for me, uh, I'm just, I would say, consider myself a casual viewer of F1, but the reason why I got into this sport or getting into this sport because of this amazing Netflix documentary that I think a lot of people are getting into now It's called Drive to Survive. Uh, I think when it first came out, it was hugely popular because it introduced... The world to this niche sports of Formula 1, which people had not really talked about. Hmm. And I think the charisma of all the drivers, like Lewis Hamilton, Danny Ricardo, uh, Carlos Sainz, really drew everyone in. So personally, for myself, I was very intrigued by how sports works, being such a closed-door sport. And as as a person myself, I'm really interested in, like, you know, exploring different areas of life. And uh, F1 was one of them because... You know, the world of racing is, is one that's very intense. What we see on the screen is not it's just like from what I realised after watching the show, it's just like ten percent of what goes on. But it's like actually so much more that goes in behind the closed doors, especially with like, you know, the companies fighting to improve their cars, the drama between the players, the drama between the team managers. I think that's what really got uh. me inside that for. Uh personally myself, like Max, I'm a supporter of Red Bull because uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Maxwell yeah, right. and, Uh, And why I like him is because I think the aggression he brings in the Formula 1 is something that I really, really resonate because I think the determination and the grit he has really, like, aspires me to have that same aspiration for my goals. So, yeah, that's why I like Red Bull and, hence, Maxwell Verstappen. <laughs>
1: yeah. Cool.
4: All right, on to you, big well so unlike my friends here who have been following formula 1 for so many years now my journey as a f1 fan only started last year when covid hit at singapore and it was circuit breaker so i was binge watching shows on netflix so the show that really got me hooked to f1 was drive to survive where i believe what the show did was make the was make f1 so much more accessible and comprehensible and why I enjoy watching F One is because the gr- it's not only about the grand Prix that happen out there, but there are so many things behind the scenes as well, such as you know the conflict between drivers, drivers of the same team, maybe different teams, and uh, development of cars. So there are a lot of the things that happen behind the scene which make F One so attractive and fun to watch. And um, you know, watching Formula One. McLaren is a team that I've seen, uh, which has really improved by leaps and bounds as compared to, you know, how they were performing a few years ago. So seeing that climb that ladder is something really magical. And uh, on top of that, my favorite driver, Dan Ricardo is also in McLaren. So I really can't wait to, you know, see the havoc they really wreck on the track uh, this year. And I'm really hoping to watch and expect some good races from them once, you know, Daniel gets used to his new car. Uh,
0: yep, for sure, for sure. So, well, uh, you've heard about all these four guys now. So, we have got, like, what, two McLaren fans, two Red Bull fans. And, uh, well, talking about me personally, I come from this, uh, from a background of being an automotive enthusiast. So, for me, ever since I was a kid, you know, cars has always been, like, one of the biggest things in my life. And uh, naturally, and Formula One came into Singapore. Uh, I became a big fan of the sport and um, naturally Lewis Hamilton and that red and silver McLaren stood in my uh, it stood in my mind for like a very long time and I think you can guess that I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan and a McLaren fan and because now Lewis Hamilton is a Mercedes, I'm also a Mercedes fan so uh, there's a lot of teams to support and a lot of drivers to support as well but uh, well I love the sport so you know it's just something that I'm really excited about. And it's actually part of the reason why we uh, started this podcast, and uh, it's really a sort of passion project for us because we are interested in pursuing a sort of career in Formula 1 in different areas, you know, the technical side, the strategy, strategy side, and those kind of stuff. So that is one of the reasons. Uh, Hano, do you want to tell us why, why else we started this podcast and maybe what the people can expect from this podcast?
1: I mean, sure, yeah. Uh, another reason why we started the podcast is because, I think, as Ritwik and Abhishek have very justly mentioned, Drive to Survive has actually made Formula 1 very accessible to the public itself. However, I think Formula 1 is still a relatively new sport in Singapore, not as known as or as followed as when compared to sports like football or, you know, even NBA, basketball. So, uh, you know, we started this podcast to hopefully be able to reach out to more fans, uh, and to widen the reach of the sport itself, you know, play our part in doing it because it would only be fair and only do the sport itself justice, seeing as to well how exciting, how enthralling and how dramatic at times the sport can really be. And uh, also, you know, just as, uh, in a way, I think as you say, you Jishno, know, is as a way to, you know, not only continually improve our own knowledge to guests like Abhishek and Ritwik, but hopefully, you know, more uh, influential guests hopefully in the future but also to keep ourselves updated with every uh, race, with every uh, new uh, technology that's being brought into the sports. So, yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, so, I'll just put in a, a quick word on you know what, what people can expect from this podcast. So, you're going to have the usual spicy stuff, you know, race predictions and race reviews, some mm-hmm. uh, stories on the driver market rumours and the key personnel changes that are going on in the Formula 1 scene, you know, the stuff that is going to uh, cause major events on track and off track, and those are going to be the big news stories. So we're definitely going to be looking at that in, our, in this podcast. But also, uh, we've actually got a mini-series coming up soon. to And it's aimed at helping, you know, new F1 fans get comfortable with the technicalities of the sport. So, you know, if you never understood how the qualifying session works, why is it so complicated, you know? Why is everyone making so much noise about the tyres? And why is it so hard to understand? Well, uh, I think this mini-series is going to be great for you guys to really get a... a, a a beginner's guide to F1 really and that's what that series is going to be about so do look out for that and um, well do you guys want to get into the raw F1 content
1: let's go man let start
0: reviewing the 100%. season so far 100%
1: should we start with the
0: Bahrain Grand Prix Max do you want to start talking about the Bahrain Grand Prix yes I do
2: want to talk about it because of the incident uh, on Verstappen exceeding the track limits and here to give the place back to Hamilton uh, so when I first heard of that I was extremely frustrated I honestly thought that The racing stewards Were being biased Against him You know Hamilton exceeded The track limits several times And he didn't get penalised <laughs> But not Not just on occasion, But also in like In qualifying as well And Many people Not just myself Were wondering Why would Verstappen Have to give the place back To him mm-hmm, Yeah <laughs> But like, It didn't sound fair at all You know But However, after reading all the um, articles and official statements The reason why Verstappen to give it back Because he gained an adva- unfair advantage uh, when overtaking Hamilton And he uh, exceeded the track limits So that's why he was ordered to give the place back to him And if I remember correctly, there was actually another driver Who also exceeded the track limits during overtake But wasn't required to give the place back uh, primarily because he didn't gain an unfair advantage and he completed the overtake uh, manoeuvre after the turn. I can't remember exactly who was it. I think it might have been Lando uh, Norris yeah, right off on the bat, Red, Red Bull had a mm. fantastic yeah, first so. race of the yeah. season. You know, they had really fast times and topped the qualifying times and the actual race times. And it's really exciting to see that Red Bull is such a huge competition for Mercedes this year. And I'm sure it's something that we can all look forward to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I
0: totally agree with you. I mean, although track limits kind of ruined the party for most of us, I think it was so great to see such a close battle within the two of them, uh, and just down to the last lap, you know, and it was just 0.7 seconds at the line. Yeah, I think that's something we all enjoyed, though. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, one of the I think Mercedes did uh surprise quite a few of us, especially after pre-season testing, where believe it or not, I think they were sent back in quite a bit. They had quite a few of our hopes high, even though we knew that they might have been sandbagging. Uh, They had a pretty good, I guess, comeback of thoughts if they weren't sandbagging, and if they were, then uh, they did pretty well to hide the developments during pre season testing. Hmm. And yeah, it was a while for most of us, it was was an unwelcome surprise. I think it made for a very good race and a very fun one as well.
0: Right, and talking about comebacks, actually, uh, Max was stepping. Made a pretty good comeback, you know. Straight away in the next race, the Imola Grand Prix, which was I would say is the most exciting race that we've had so far. What do you guys think?
1: I mean, for sure. I mean, I was okay. I'm not gonna lie. When Lando Norris's uh lap times were deleted, it was deleted during mm. qualifying. I was I was fuming, yeah, because I thought that he deserved that. But I think on further review, it was. As hard as it is for me to say, it was fair enough that it was that time of the but then again, his his race pace was so good, and it was such a good strategy employed by McLaren, especially after the red flag, to uh, straight away go into the soft tyres, so that on the restart, uh, he would be able to get the jump on the Claire. and the way he did it, and the way he then was able to defend his uh, his position not only against Hamilton, but also the Claire was beautiful, and as a young and upcoming driver, I think, it was. It really showed that what, what class and talent that he does possess, and it it shows that McLaren not only is a good team, but they also have a really good driver in their hands, a future race, a future uh world champion, I think. So yeah, pretty excited and uh, seeing him on the podium. You know, I was uh, kind of sad that he didn't do his iconic celebration, yeah. uh, instead of you know jumping so and smashing the, bottle. the champagne bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he was kind of sad that he didn't get to see it, but I think it was still worth it.
0: Definitely, I mean. The, that, that Q3 lap, when I was seeing him in the first two sectors go purple and purple, and he wasn't even just in Q1 or Q3, it was in Q3, you know, when everyone is pushing to the limit. And he was exactly. purple both sectors. Yeah. Both. That was a moment to remember, man. Mm-hmm. And...
1: I'm pretty sure everything also must have been so gassed by it.
0: I think one
3: major thing we should talk about about the Elephant in the Room for that race was the crash between. <laughs> George Russell and man training Bottas. Oof, <laughs> how dramatic
2: that was,
3: oh, guys. Yes. <laughs> oh, that when I first saw that so happen, I was that like, was oh so my god, good. wait, who crashed into who? Was it Russell that crashed with Bottas, or Bottas crashed into Russell? Uh, then yeah. the man, Russell just comes out of the car, sitting in the car, and flips Portas uh, off. Was it Portas who flipped him off?
0: Flipped him off? I think they both
1: flipped each
0: other. Uh, no,
3: Bottas would him off. Yeah, clearly we yeah. yeah, they were
1: pissed at like each other. Russell went and slapped Bottas the head. I mean, that other. was... Yeah, but, that was not fun to watch. I thought Russell was going there to check on Bottas, and I was like, "Wow, ex- what a exactly. sportsman!" They exactly. went there, slapped him on the head. Like, it was not a sportsman.
3: I think after that, with the limited budget they have, Mercedes took a huge hit with the two cars crashing. Yeah, it must be tough on them, man.
1: Yeah. For
3: real,
0: for real. I remember Total Wolves in our, um interview after the race. You know, he was saying Russell was just a bit too excited to get into the Mercedes. I wish I thought was a bit funny, and uh well, <laughs> Well, Max, you remember this. I mean, we were watching the race together. Uh, when the crash happened, at first we thought maybe it was Bottas' fault because, like Hanno said, you know, we're looking at uh, Russell just walking over angry yeah. to uh, Bottas and then, and then you look at our on-boards and... Well, well, when you walk through us, what happened?
2: So, yeah. What happened essentially was that Russell went for an overtake on Bottas down the street. Uh, he moved to the right of him and essentially what happened was that the right side of his car... Just barely touched the grass patch on the side. It kissed it, and this caused him to lose all his grip essentially. Because remember, during the race, uh, it was raining and the ground and the track were drenched. So this caused Russell to crash into the bothers, and after that, the rest was history. We all knew what happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was scary to be honest. The crash, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and. Uh, I mean, okay, honestly, I think the crash, I still have a conspiracy theory to this day, right, that the crash was purely to benefit uh, Hamilton, because oh, yeah. after he went into the war, again,
3: I, again. Yeah, I... I, I like definitely thought that,
1: you know, just to get Hamilton that, that filing chance again, I mean, of course, I don't think that Mercedes would be so down as to sacrifice two cars uh, for that, and everyone else's help, but I, I think it's a fun conspiracy theory to go along, uh, but, I mean, okay, to be fair, uh, Hamilton did make a very good comeback after, you know, almost crashing into the ball. I think you, okay, number one, he was very, very smart in reversing out of the gravel trap instead of going forward because mm. then he would have definitely been stuck in the gravel trap itself. So that was some experience for, for like, showing himself there. And the way, you know, he then fought back to get, I will say, kind of close to Verstappen uh, was insane. Obviously, he'd come from P8 all the way to P2, pretty, pretty good.
2: I mean, Hamilton did technically crash, mm. just that he just touched the wall ever so slightly, and, but he still managed to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And I actually think that, actually once Hamilton crashed, you know the team at the Mercedes garage were like, push the strategy button. Valtteri, it's James. Russell, it's James. You guys know what to do. If you want to <laughs> see that Mercedes, you got to fight for it. I,
1: yeah, I yeah, mean,
0: yeah. It, ha- it happened so immediately too. I think... Like that's why people are starting to, you know, have all these conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and I mean... Yeah,
2: had <laughs> the crash not happened, the gap between Verstappen <laughs> and Hamilton would have stayed on for quite a couple of more laps. And once that safety car came out, yeah. it obliterated the gap. Uh, it had undone all the efforts by Verstappen and the Red Bull team. And when I saw that, I was absolutely devastated. mm
1: mm-hmm.
3: As a Red Bull fan, it was definitely hard to watch <laughs> the race.
1: Seems like both races so far have been pretty sad and devastating for uh, people, I mean for people who are Red Bull supporters For like sure, this.
3: man. Just one my man, yeah, was man. next to step in between the
1: race. <laughs> Whereas uh, I think me and Retil got thoroughly enjoying ourselves as McLaren supporters. Oh, it uh, so good.
0: But then, after that very exciting Imola Grand Prix, you know, we go on to this Portimao Grand Prix, which, uh, well, it was very interesting last year, But this year, a little less so, I think. You know, I mean, signs we still saw his talent in the low grip conditions. Mm -hmm. You know, he was still right on pace with like, even some of the Red Bulls and the Mercedes at the start of the Grand Prix. Like last year, very much. But then after that, I think it was a bit of a a dull race, I would say.
1: I mean, yeah, for sure. I was expecting a lot more, especially after last year. But yeah, I was kind of dull. Lewis did overtake pretty well,
0: though. So, yeah. Oh yeah, the two overtakes from Lewis on the next to and on Bottas, mm-hmm. know, around the outside on turn one. That was, that was lovely. But to be honest, I think that's pretty much all we have to talk about. You know, for the Fortieth Grand Prix.
1: So <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but then it was a pretty new, kind of race. Yeah, but then we had a Spanish Grand Prix, uh, about last week, and that that was interesting. I think. Uh, you know... Not really fun for Red Bull fans again.
3: <laughs> not really fun for Red Bull fans again. <laughs> once again. Ouch. Not, not fun at all. I think when, if you talk about the race, you have to talk about Mercedes' threat to have the double pit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. As a Red Bull fan, watching that happen and not bringing, not being able to bring in a new set of tyres for Max Verstappen and slowly just seeing him edging out in the race by. Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton's new self tires was like oh man it's like a slow pain watching <laughs> you know what's going to happen you know? yeah it's going to be the usual.
1: I'm not going to lie I didn't I was expecting Red Bull to react uh, soon enough I didn't I thought it would be dumb for them to react straight away after a Mercedes uh, sorry a Hamilton Peter. Hmm. but I thought that maybe by the second or third left they might have you know because there was a good enough gap for Verstappen to go into the pits come out and still be able to uh, fight for the lead or if not, being the lead by a few seconds. Yeah. So I thought that uh, Red Bull should have definitely uh, pitted for a fresher set of tyres for Verstappen.
4: Yeah, well, I believe uh, one of the reasons why they wouldn't... I uh, wanted to pit was because, you know, they had a very well-established lead. Uh, you know, Verstappen was, like, what, 20 seconds ahead of Hamilton at the time. So, you know, they call him into pit and potentially losing that lead, you know... It, it's quite a tough decision to make, so I think it's quite understandable why, you know, they wouldn't have wanted him to pit, even though Lewis had come in for a second pit stop.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you on that point, Ritvik. Uh, the basis of Red Bull's decision was actually very sound. Uh, Hamilton had already overtook Verstappen on a new set of tyres, and so this left uh, Red Bull with two decisions. First one, they could leave Verstappen out on the old set of tyres and let him have a confirmed second place. Or they could pit him in on a new set of tyres, oh, yeah. but that would mean he would drop to third and he would actually have to fight for it, fight for the second place. So they were left with two decisions. Essentially, one, either give him a confirmed second place or two, uh, try to have him fight his way back up to the second place. And it's understandable why Red Bull chose the former one instead.
1: I mean, yeah, I do see the point, but I mean, as fans, I think it would have been more fun to watch the race go on with <laughs> You know, Verstappen happened them fighting for in the first place, then watching Verstappen just lose everything slowly, slowly, you know.
4: And one thing that I think really needs to be mentioned here is Daniel's performance as well. It was the first time, you know, in this season that he has uh, outperformed Landon Norris. So I think that's a very encouraging sign for Daniel. And um, I think it shows that how he's getting used to the car. So, you know, that was a great performance to see from his side as well uh during the Spanish Grand Prix.
0: But you know what was the biggest surprise for me was uh actually read this on F1.com after the race, you know, they they did an article as to why why Red Bull didn't oh, yeah, why yeah, Red Bull I, just I couldn't win the Spanish Boy Grand Prix though. despite any strategy call that they made. And it was because they didn't have a set of medium tires like you always did, you know, to make that second pit stop. Yeah. They were only left with a set of soft tires, which uh to be honest that surprised me a lot because this 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 exact scenario happened before in like Hungary twenty nineteen. And to see that, you know, they had not uh, accounted for this mistake that they had made in the past, that was a bit surprising for me because, you know, Rainbow is this huge team and they're up against Mercedes this year to, to, to really fight for the Constructors and the Drivers' Championship. So, I don't know. I feel like they may have, you know, dropped the ball on this one. But is it, is it, is it too early to say that or what do you guys think?
1: I mean, for sure, they did drop the ball on the race itself, and I think uh, to a certain extent they have dropped the ball from the beginning of the season. I think they, I feel that like they've gotten a bit. They were a bit complacent, especially after pre-season testing. Again, I bring that up because Red Bull were clearly the faster car, the more dominant car, uh, and Mercedes were lagging behind a bit, or what it seemed like they were lagging behind. And I feel like uh, Red Bull might have gotten a bit complacent, thinking that, yeah, you know, we have the faster car, will be good for the season. And then they got a rude awakening at, I would say, probably Portimao. Because mm-hmm. the first two races were still pretty, pretty close. And, uh you know, having Max win in the second Grand Prix still kind of backed their belief that they had the faster car. uh And, yeah, I think the complacency might have gotten the best of them here. Yeah,
0: it's... yeah. It's, it's all very close between them, still, anyway, so, you know, we've still got 19 more races to go, and, uh, well, the first four races, you know, it's been, I would say, three out of four races have been won by Lewis, uh which, it, it doesn't really bode well for the next few ones, but think about this, you know, next race we have is the Monaco Grand Prix, and now this is, you know, this is one of Red Bull's, you could call it Red Bull's home ground, essentially, because, you know, their car is just, it's historically it designed is. around this track, and uh, it's just... It bodes well for them, that next race is Monaco. And I think it's very important for them to have this next win. Uh, what do you guys think? What, what do you think is going to happen in the race itself? Who do you guys think is going to finish on the podium? I think, Any surprises, maybe? I think for
3: the coming races, I feel Daniel Ricardo's and both Carlos signs are really adjusting to the new cars. And as I said, I think we might, be, we might be seeing better performances from them. And I think giving, like, you know... Uh, drivers like Sergio Perez or even Charles Leclerc at times are like I want for the money in this coming races so I think that's one we can see with the new drivers getting adjusted to the cars.
2: for me, I expect um, Ricardo on the podium, well it's nice to see him back there, uh, however, but he just joined McLaren this year so I would say he actually need time to get used to his current setup uh, I don't expect him to actually to do very well but historically, we know that Ricardo, uh has done really well in Monaco, and he's actually on point there. He's sort of it's sort of his like home ground. Uh he won in twenty sixteen and twenty eighteen. And also, yeah, Red Bull, uh should do well. Should do really well. You know, the design of the car is such that uh, it produces much more downforce compared to the Mercedes's car. Uh, mercedes car is only really good for straight-line speeds, whereas Red Bull is good for tight, slow corners. And it will allow them to go faster around these corners. With Monaco being one of the slower circuits, uh, Red Bull should really benefit from this.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. But I have to correct you on one thing, you know. Uh, Daniel didn't win in 2016. He, he lost because of a fatal pit stop error. And oh yes, I remember it was only yeah, I think, I think in Maxis, 2018. Yes. Yeah, no, in Max's no, 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 mind, no. I
1: think it's more like the Avatar movie, you know, it doesn't exist. <laughs> there is no movie in Ba say. There is no 2016 loss for uh, Ricardo uh, in Boston. Yeah yeah, 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 it's <laughs> not 2016 for
4: Ricardo. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, but
3: was the last job for him, maybe for in
2: Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, would see exp- I would expect to see Verstappen um, at the top, followed by Hamilton. And as for the third place, I want it to be a surprise. It could be Leclerc, it could be Ricardo, it could be even Norris. So, yeah.
4: Well, for the Monaco Grand Prix, I believe that, uh, you know, as Jishnu and Max have mentioned, that, you know, Red Bull uh, cars seem to have a clear advantage in this kind of circuit as compared to Mercedes cars. So, definitely, I think Verstappen can come out on top of this one and, you know, he can finally get... He, can, he might win this one. And maybe Hamilton will come a close second because his experience would really help him. And... Um, so, I believe Verstappen would come first. Hamilton would be second. And as for third place, I think it would either be Charles Leclerc or it could be Checo Perez as well. You know, because um, for of parade as well he'll be in a red bull car as well so that would really help him in this kind of circuit so I think he really has the potential to come third over here and though I think it has been mentioned uh, that Daniel might come third um, I'm optimistically hoping but uh, at the same time I'm quite skeptical as well because and Daniel is still in a new car and he would he's I think even though he performed quite well in the Spanish Grand Prix uh, Monaco is also quite a hard circuit, so, you know, this. it might be a tough one for him to get third, but if he does, that would be great.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with Max for number one and number two. I think Verstappen is the most likely contender to win uh, Monaco. Uh I feel like Lewis might come second simply because of his you know raw talent. Mercedes's car might be not as well suited for Monaco, but I think Hamilton is talented enough. And I think third might be Daniel Ricardo, contrary to what Max believes, because I think we saw him getting a little more adjusted to the car, especially in uh the previous race in Spain, where low grip conditions Daniel Ricardo did pretty 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 well. Uh to be able to not only just outqualify Lando, but you know, to come P5 and overtake uh, Perez and uh signs in the beginning, you know, uh, I think it shows that he has uh, slightly adjusted better to the car, and I think as Max also briefly mentioned, you know, Monaco is uh, Ricardo's home ground. So uh, okay, I would say home ground, but like you know, it's where he's you know very very comfortable, and I think that he will be able to surprise most of us. And I think, you know, Ricardo being in this special, special uh, golf livery, oh, that, that livery is so good. I stayed up, so for some context, uh, today is uh, the 17th of May, so I think the, the the video came out last night, and I stayed up for to watch it, and oh my god, does the car look so, so good, and so does the racing suit, yeah, oh my it's, god. Yeah, it's
2: amazing, I love the golf livery, and the fact that actually, uh, yes... Da da da, like the gulf company has done this livery for like other cars in the past as well.
0: Like most notably the Ford
1: GT is like, oh, Ooh,
0: That was... Oh, yeah...
1: Incredible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're all... I think it's fair to say that we all think that the gulf McLaren livery is is really stunning, you know? Yeah. It's one of the best liveries we've seen on the car. Yeah. And, well, I mean... I, I think there's a general consensus that, you know, it's going to be Verstappen and Lewis on the top, on the podium again, for Monaco. As you've seen, you know, in the last four races, they all they're just sort of on another level, you know, compared to all these other drivers, even the drivers in their own teams, and but, but the third step on the podium, you know, that seems to be a bit of a, a interesting point for all of us, uh, in this Grand Prix, so, when uh, why don't we go around with the predictions? You know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's gonna be Charles Leclerc, because it's his home race. I want to see him win there. I want to see him win. Well, he can win there, but you know, I want to see him at least on the podium for the first time, you know, on in on his home ground. I think this, be, uh, this is just going to be a fantastic site. And, well, I really want it to happen. What about you guys? on, what do you think?
1: Uh, I mean, I think I've already mentioned my top three. I think it's going to be Verstappen, Hamilton, Ricardo. I really, really hope. I think fourth, uh, we might be surprised with the uh, Chaco Perez. Mm. Yes. You know, once again, the Red Bull car playing quite a big, uh, uh, you know, play there.
3: I think my answer gonna be pretty obvious. As a Red Bull fan, I will, obviously would want to see Checo up there, to see a double podium for <laughs> Red Bull. And going with, like, like others say especially what you said, being a Red Bull car in the Monaco circuit, I think that would give Checo a really upper hand while I'm driving this circuit. And I hope, I really, really hope to see Sergio Perez on the podium,
0: at least on third place. You know? Yeah. Max, what about you, Max? Is it going to be Ricardo or Leclerc? Or...
2: For me, it will be Verstappen, Hamilton and I just want to say Leclerc
1: because
3: it's, it's... Yeah, let's it's go! You should have said I think, I think the correct answer was... Paris mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, a no, thing. you can...
1: Optimism and reality are often, you know, different. So yeah, sorry, Abhishek.
3: Yeah. Nah, man. I mean, Leclerc... Like... Watch me, guys. <laughs> I beg on to bet 100 bucks. Sanchipurismics gonna win. Uh-huh,
1: yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Big big words, big words. I mean, Leclerc like is
0: Leclerc is on i I'm sorry, I'm just keep dis- disrupting you guys if talking about Leclerc.
1: It's I'm funny. not a fanboy
0: but you know Leclerc has been on great form this past four races, you know, finishing the top five in every race in a car that maybe is not so as competitive as you would like it to be. So I think it's just it's it's great to see where he is. Yeah, back back to handle.
1: Yeah, I think one very, very interesting uh you know, topic of the race is going to be Mazda's spin, because uh, oh. <laughs> what he did last race, I think, <laughs> watching Verstappen or hoping you know Verstappen would win was interesting, you know, him holding up Hamilton, watching the the, the bit conversation between Poto Wolf and FIA itself. And I think I was looking mm. at uh, a meme on Instagram where Gunther Steiner's uh, Google history was leaked and all of it was basically saying, you know, how long does it take for an FM car to drown? How to, save and, uh, <laughs> how to save an iPhone car after it is wet and stuff like that. And I think it was so funny. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun because I'm fully expecting a red flag from Mazepin. I think he will probably qualify 20th. <laughs> he'll get a penalty point of five great positions and then he'll get maybe a red flag within the first two laps.
3: Mazepin is a, really a meme at this point, honestly.
1: He really is.
3: How many spins does he have, like? Isn't Ah, there a website to
0: count that?
1: Yeah, there's a website to count (laughs) that.
0: Oh man, after the chat to the appointment.
1: Yes, man. Yeah.
0: It's insane. I mean, this year with Mazapin with so many new drivers and new teams. We are totally seeing, you know, a lot of, a lot of new drama, a lot of new stories to be written. Uh, Netflix Drive to Survive looks promising even before they're like in
1: production, so that's exciting. Nah, man. I don't think. I really hope.
0: I really hope they
3: just dedicate the episode to Maspin and just drivers getting angry on the set. <laughs>
1: oh oh yeah,
3: so yes. I mean, yeah. it's in an episode to watch.
1: Yes, for sure. And I think I, I, I have to kind of disagree with uh what Joshua said about hoping that No Driver Survive will be good because look how the budget season three. Uh, I mean, he had so many good stories, and instead of that, they decided to come up with some fake rivalry between uh Carlos, Sainz and oh, Levi. Yeah. It was so stupid. Yes. I genuinely think that, you know, Claire Williams and the Williams family deserved a better send-off. And, you know, Portimao itself, Turkey as well. Oh, there were so many good stories that it weren't
3: cut. I mean? They missed out on Zha Zha amazing performance. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They
0: cut so hard, man.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah. But,
0: you know what? So many COVID restrictions. Probably can't blame them too much as well. And, well, I just love any F1 content that's out there. But, yeah, I, I agree, you know. They, they went a bit far with Carlos and Lando rivalry. I mean, those guys are just... Yeah, they're the best of friends, clearly.
1: <laughs> it's a real strong bromance there, even now. yeah, Oh, makes my heart warm.
0: Alright, well, so we've got our predictions in for the Monaco Grand Prix, you know. First, Verstappen, and Lewis on the podium, one and two, that's for sure. And then we've got a tight a tight battle, you know, for Leclerc, uh, Norris, Ricardo, Perez for B3. So that's definitely going to be very interesting for all of us to watch, and hopefully for you guys as well. So, uh, looking forward to the Monaco Grand Prix very much, as I'm sure most of you are and well i also like to thank you guys for listening to the podcast so far and uh well if you like what you hear it's definitely going to get better from now on and as the season rolls along so lots of stuff to look forward to and yeah stay in touch and let me just get a quick word out on our social media so you can listen to our podcast on youtube on spotify all uh, follow us on Instagram, or do all three if you must. And name will be Horsing Around with Horsepower. Am I right? Yeah. Yes, I think I that's
1: right <laughs> For now, now. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's what we'll settle with for now. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: Well, still, if you've got any name suggestions or just any comments on the podcast or suggestions for us, we'll be glad to hear them. So be sure to comment and like and subscribe. I don't know if you can do that, but yeah.
3: Yeah, you can on YouTube. You guys know yep, it by yep. now. <laughs> just go see, just see it out, like and subscribe. I think mean, I think everyone does yes. Please,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, please like and subscribe uh, you know, help us reach the hundred subscriber goal. Oh yeah, all no, yeah. yeah. uh, formalities, <laughs> <laughs> this thing is gonna pay for our yeah. university yes, education, okay. guys. So, yeah, yep.
0: oh, yes,
3: that yeah. Oh yeah, if you want to start, if uh, you if you do start like a GoFundMe page, you know, uh, you have yes. any donations guys make. Yeah, Yeah,
1: we really would. <laughs> Thank you.
3: You can start a GoFundMe
1: yes anything on, you, know, uh, uni- you know we will we will always take any sum of money that we can get
3: yeah yes. I sponsors. Uh, speaking of sponsors Skillshare, yeah. or you know, <laughs> yes.
0: can if you see and you like this, you know, that's it.
3: A...
1: Express VPN, yeah. Express VPN, hit us up. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and what, what's, what's the men's yeah, exactly. one? what's the men's uh, shaving thing? Yes.
1: Oh, uh, Dollar Shave
0: Club. Ooh. Dollar Shave Club. Yes.
1: Yeah, uh, Dollar Shave oh, oh no, I mean, are you talking about that? Are you talking about men's Yeah, ah, yeah, oh, uh, oh,
0: men's oh, oh,
3: oh,
1: oh, oh, yeah. Yes, I men's oh yeah. I mean both. I mean both, can. Any podcast sponsors
0: <laughs> are welcome yeah. so... Yes, i see anyone. You
1: guys are missing, like, the top
0: sponsors. I mean, can you forget? Richard. Oh yes!
1: <laughs> oh yes! Oh, big yes, big up, Rachel Legends! Woo!
0: Come yeah. on! Anyway, yes. All right. So this has been horsing around with horsepower, and uh, see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye 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 bye.